five weeks into the 2018 season, it's time to start talking about who's living up to expectations and who's falling short. On today's podcast, we're taking a closer look at three quarterbacks, South Carolina's Jake Bentley, Michigan's Shea Patterson, and Arizona's Khalil Tate. To varying degrees and for a wide range of reasons, these three players have disappointed so far this year. We'll talk to insiders covering each of those teams to find out why that's been the case and what to expect going forward. It's October 2nd. My name is Connor Tapp, and you are listening to the 24-7 Sports Morning Blitz. Joining us now to catch us up on Shea Patterson's season so far is Sam Webb of the Michigan Insider. When we last saw Shea Patterson playing on a big national stage, Michigan fell 24-17 to Notre Dame, and a lot of people came away disappointed in what they saw from the Ole Miss transfer and how the Wolverines coaching staff was using him in that game. Michigan has since won four games in a row, albeit none of them against a particularly challenging opponent. Sam, had there been signs of progress since week one? Absolutely, there has. You know, I think if if you watched that game, you knew Michigan's issues coming in. I don't think, or the the Notre Dame game I'm talking about, I don't think you came away or you should have come away from that contest pointing at Shea when it came to the the ills of the offense. It's about the offensive line. Uh, And that game showed that Michigan still had still had a lot of, uh, of ground to make up as far as, you know, a competent offensive line. Now that the line has shown improvement, uh, but I think what you've seen from, from Shea, uh, you know, in addition to his efficiency throwing the football, I think that his ability with his legs to not only extend plays, uh, but to, to run the football. And that's what really, really came out in the Northwestern victory. Shea really put the team on his back in the second half in a, in a, in a game where the offense was really struggling to, to find some sort of consistency. It was Shea pulling on the zone read, scrambling for first downs. It was Shea's, Shea Patterson with his legs that really kind of put the team on his back and allowed them to, to have some off, offensive success uh, in the later stages of the game. So yeah, after some dominant wins against Western Michigan, SMU, and Nebraska, some of those early concerns about the offense seem to go dormant. But tell me about that seven, 17 to zero hole Michigan got themselves in against Northwestern. Were there any? Did you see anything in that that concerned you on the offensive side of the ball as we hit the stretch of some really difficult games here over the next four weeks? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, Michigan has yet, and this is not just a, a Shea Patterson thing, but, but for the past couple of years, they haven't been able to put together, you know, back-to-back sort of complete efforts as a team, and or even more specifically as an offense, just stringing together consecutive good uh, good performances. So in this game, you know, I think Michigan fell into a couple of traps. I think, number one, uh, you know, they didn't win first down. Uh, you know, I think part of that was, was first down, uh, first down execution and first down play calling. There were times where good plays were called and you had maybe a, a lineman not get over and make a proper block or, or a tight end miss a block. Uh, you know, we had, there was a big drop early in that game where Shea uh, got outside the pocket and threw the ball about 30 yards downfield and his receiver dropped the football. So there were just mishaps. Uh, you know, in the early stages of that game that really speak to the inconsistency that we've seen from Michigan. I think from an execution standpoint, continues to be a work in progress. These reps are going to clear that up. Hopefully the offensive line has shown some progress, but needs to get much better. Uh, And then from a play calling perspective, I I still think they're trying to find a groove 
to what this team can execute consistently. They didn't find a good groove in, in that game against Northwestern. I really felt like Northwestern did a good job of dialing Michigan up on first down and putting them in second and, second and long and third and long situations. And that's not a, not a scenario where this offense right now is going to be very successful. They were fortunate that the defense really locked down after about the first quarter and held, uh, held Northwestern off the scoreboard. But that's not going to always be the case against some of the better opponents here down the stretch. So the offense has to find that consistency that's eluded them thus far. All right, Sam Webb is the publisher of the Michigan Insider. You can find him on Twitter at SamWebb77. Thanks, Sam. The three-year decline in Jake Bentley's performance has been one of the more unusual developments in the SEC over the past few years. Here to do his best to help us unpack the mystery of how this has happened is Hale McGranahan of the Big Spur. Two years ago, when Jake Bentley famously should have been a high school senior, his performances for South Carolina were earning him NFL draft buzz, but... Over the past two seasons, his production and interception rate have been headed in the wrong direction, even as the overall talent level around him has risen. Hale, does anybody in Columbia have the faintest clue why this is happening? Well, uh, I think the answer should be, for, for the, at least for the sake of South Carolina fans and their sanity, uh, hopefully some folks over at Williams-Brice Stadium who work in those football offices, namely Dan Warner, Brian McClendon, quarterback's coach, and offensive coordinator, and of course, Will Muschamp, head coach. You would think those guys are... are pretty close to having an answer of some sort along those lines, but, but I don't know. It's, it's a mystery, no doubt. I mean, you look what he did in those first seven games as a freshman, uh, passed for 1,400 yards, over 1,400 yards, nine touchdowns, four interceptions. You fast forward to this season, and through four games, he's got six interceptions. So it's uh, a little bit alarming if you're a South Carolina fan. Uh, you remember that coaching staff player on that team when you look at your quarterback who's a junior and played in uh, parts of three seasons and, and had a lot of success. Uh, this, this is a bit concerning when, when you roll into month number two of this season, third year under Muschamp, and, and Jake Bentley uh, is where he is. So it's uh, certainly something that, that folks are going to be uh, want some answers for as, as we continue through this season. One of the perplexing things about it is it, I mean, it doesn't seem like the talent has gone anywhere. It seems like the decision-making has been pretty poor, which is a bit, bit baffling given his background, given the fact that you know he grew up uh, with his dad, Bobby Bentley, uh, being one of the most successful high school coaches in South Carolina high school football history and now on the staff with the Gamecocks. Yeah, that's, again, one of those other mysteries that, that we're trying to get figured out. Is And, and you talk about the, the decision-making. That's sort of been a thing for him over the years. South Carolina is, is he's gone through some stretches where, where there have been, I guess you could say pockets where, where he just doesn't make the best decisions. And, and a lot of the times they lead to interceptions. And that was the case again, last Saturday night in Kentucky, three interceptions in that game. He's sort of throwing them in bunches again, which has again, been a thing for Jake as, as he's progressed through his career. Um, I, I, when I look at the three from the other night, I guess there's one maybe where you could look at that and say, all right, third down. Uh, I guess it was the first interception. It was the third down, and he scrambles and, and tries to make something out of nothing and ends up uh, trying to throw the ball downfield, sort of a desperation-type heave arm punt situation, I guess you could say, uh, and it gets picked off. So, yeah, and there, there have been certainly a few of those over the years, but, uh, again, way too many uh, interceptions. Um, it's, again, alarming for, for a guy who's, uh, started what, more than 20 games in the SEC at this point in his career. 
Do you think there's any chance that we'll see him benched at some point? And I know he's dealing with an injury sustained at the end of the Kentucky game, but for performance reasons, as he tries to get this sorted out. You know, it wouldn't surprise me at this point, uh, after, especially after hearing Muschamp during the Sunday night teleconference, which he has after every game. Uh, he, he didn't pull any punches when, when asked directly about considering making a change with Jake. Moving forward, uh, and Muschamp said it's no different in the quarterback position than it is at, say, running back or wide receiver. If you can't hold on to the ball, um, and, and that's a problem consistently, uh, and they're going to find somebody else who can. Whether that happens this weekend when they play Missouri, we'll see. Another sort of layer to all this is, is Jake injured his knee uh, on Saturday against Kentucky, so he's sort of dealing with that. Whatever, whatever that may be, we'll have – more concrete of an update, I guess you could say, from Muschamp on, on Tuesday afternoon when he meets again with the media. But assuming Jake's healthy and, and able to play, I would imagine that, that he's the first quarterback out against uh, Missouri on Saturday. But again, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we see uh, someone else. And if you're a South Carolina fan, you're, you're probably hoping that someone else is to carry on Joyner, uh, former four-star recruit, true freshman, who uh, reported to campus in January and has... Um, of course, been with the team since then. All right. Hale McGranahan is a reporter for the Big Spur. You can find him on Twitter at Hale McGranahan. Thanks, Hale. Appreciate it. In 2017, Khalil Tate gave East Coast viewers plenty of reason to stay up beyond midnight to watch what he could do with the ball in his hands. So far in 2018, however, Tate's passing production is about the same, but under Kevin Sumlin, running the ball no longer seems to be part of his game. Here to help us sort through it is Jason Shear of Wildcat Authority. Jason, the outside perception is that Tate is being shoehorned into Noel Mazzoni's offense. Is that what's going on here, or is it something more complicated? Uh, you know, I, I honestly think it's something more complicated than that. I, I do think that with the change in the in the change in the offense from last season to this season, um, there's obviously it's going to look completely different. It's a pro style um, as compared to Rich Rodriguez, kind of running all over the place. But I also think that when you watch Khalil Tate. His his mind isn't the same as it was last season. Last season he was looking to run, run, and then pass. And right now he's, he's passed the first, second option. Then if he absolutely has to, he runs. And sometimes when he has to, he still doesn't run. So I, I think it's kind of a mixture of, of a change of offensive philosophy and a change in Khalil Tate's mentality. And and there's also uh, some ankle issues that he's kind of gone through. And, and there's some questions about that. But that's what the coaching staff is is kind of saying about his health. Do we know what the impetus is for whatever mental block he's got that he has now that he didn't have a year ago? Well, you know, it, it's another interesting question. I'm not sure. You know, it, it's kind of there's there's rumors all over the place of stuff. Um, you know, there's some people that believe that he was basically told, hey, if you want to make the NFL, you have to be more of a, a pro-style quarterback. And um, there's others where he, he got injured a little bit at the end of last season and um, he may have just said to himself, look, I, if I run like this, I'm, I'm going to get hurt. And so, um, you know, they're, they're even in, as recently as the USC game, uh, he took runs, um, or he failed to take runs that he would have taken all last season without even thinking twice about it. And for some reason, he's just hesitating. And, and when you ask him about it, he just says, that's just what he does. Like he, he and Kevin Sumlin can't really give a reason why he hasn't been running they they point to the ankle but i think it's a it's a little bit more than that tate's just a junior i believe and i assume at this point entering the nfl draft after this year is not something that's on the table do you think 
you know, maybe just a year to adjust to a new offense. And then maybe in 2019, he's feeling a little bit more comfortable and feeling like he has permission to improvise and do the things that made him so electric a year ago. It'll be real interesting to see. I mean, he's the type of kid where it almost wouldn't surprise me if he went pro after this year, even if he's not ready. It also wouldn't surprise me if he transferred and just try to get kind of a, a different look um, than what he has at Arizona, especially if, if the season continues like this, where he's basically completing 50% of his passes and, and not running. Um, it, it just may be that he wants a clean start. Uh, it, it, it's hard to say. He's going to have options, but it's just, you know, every game, uh, myself included, you know, the media, the, the fans, they say, is he going to run this week? Is he going to run this week? And uh, he ran 13 times against USC, but it still wasn't the same Khalil Tate that we saw last season. And after a while, he might just get tired of people saying, when are you running? Um, because it just it doesn't look like he's running anytime soon. It looks like what we've seen so far is, is the new Khalil Tate. All right. Jason Shear is publisher and senior editor of Wildcat Authority. You can find him on Twitter at Jason Shear. Thanks, Jason. Thanks for having me. The Morning Blitz is a daily podcast, so we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning with the biggest college football stories of the day wrapped up in a tidy 10 to 15 minute package. You can subscribe to The Morning Blitz on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast.